So I know the more people I serve, the more prosperous will be my life. That's why virtual summits are great. They reach a lot of people, but life events, you can feel these people, you can meet those people and you see this energy much, much stronger. I would say like energy in the life event, in-person event is 10 times strong. You're listening to the Ecom Exits podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back, podcast listeners. I'm joined today by Augustus Kligis, hope I'm saying correctly, the founder of Orange Click. Uh, and, and really what uh, Augustus, I think, is what I know he's he's most known for um, and what he, he really does is amazing at organizing events, online events, in-person events, so well connected uh, in the FBA space, has interacted, engaged with so many amazing people through his events. So really excited to have him on. So Augustus, thank Thanks for joining us. Hello, Nate. It's a pleasure to be here. First question, if you can take us back to, so it's March of this year. I know that you had a big event that you were in the middle of in, I believe it was Prague, hundreds of sellers, speakers, everything. I'm sure it's been being planned for months. And all of a sudden, this coronavirus is blowing up and escalating over the world. And so kind of take us back to what happened. Yeah, so you're talking about 2020 March. So uh, it we were preparing uh, for our second European seller conference. Uh, I want to make it the main event for Amazon sellers in the FBA space. And uh, we were very excited about this event, but a few weeks before, it was probably end of February, we started to get uh, people saying that they are not coming and uh, they were afraid of uh, some uh, virus, which, yeah, we heard a lot uh, that something is happening in Italy, but nobody knew what's going to happen and uh, how it will happen. So at the end, we planned about 250 people to come from all over the world and uh, at the end, we had, I think, 120 people maximum. So only half what we expected. And of course, uh, sales of the tickets were not uh, going on anymore in the last two weeks before the event. It was happening on 13th and 14th of March. At that time, we didn't know it will be the day and the week where the whole world was locking down. So it was a little bit a mess. I'm glad that at least yeah, half of our expected people came. And uh, it was funny that some, even some speakers and some participants, they arrived one day before the event on 12th of March. But next morning, they were flying home because they were afraid that uh, airlines uh, will be uh, canceling their flights and airports shut down. So it was especially important for some of the Israelis and one of my speakers, instead of speaking next day, he was flying home because Israel is very isolated and uh, they were afraid that they will be not able to come back to their families. Yeah, the whole event, it was up and down for me and for everyone. A lot of people, especially some Americans, because we still had American people coming to the event. They were all the time with the phone, checking the flights and booking earliest possible after the event is finished. I myself, I plan to stay a few more days. 
after the event and but I left on the second day in the evening to to near we were doing event in Prague in Czech Republic so I just got a ride by some of the participants back to Germany where my family was at that moment and uh, the whole event was uh, quite uh, dynamic because we had uh, I think about 18 or 16 speakers uh, spread across two days so it was supposed to be maybe every day seven hour presentations and uh, in the middle of the first day I'm getting a message on my phone that uh, Czech Republic is implementing well I have to start that we planned over 200 participants and maybe two days before the event there was now a requirement that only 100 people could participate in the conferences and events. And I was like, oh my God, if I get like 150 or 180 people coming, I don't know what to do. At the end, we were like just across the, you know, the, the limitation. So we could keep in the room less than 100 people, which was okay with the venue and maybe some extra people, you know, sponsors sitting outside in the corridor. So, uh, but in the middle of the first day, I got a message that uh, government is now requiring only 30 people per event <laughs> from next morning. And I was like, oh my God, what shall I do? So I was talking to the venue and the hotel agreed to um, to keep their staff up and running until the midnight. So I decided to do all the second day presentations on the first day. So Normally, we would finish presentations at 6 p.m. on day one, but uh, we ended up having presentations until 11 p.m. And then I let people, you know, drink in the bar on my account as long as they want. <laughs> so it was really interesting. A lot of people remember as a legendary, as a like epic event. I believe it is like probably the last event in Amazon space, the last conference, proper conference, because after that, in that weekend, everybody, all the countries were shutting down and I don't think there were any other events since then uh, which were happening in person. I remember uh, at the time my um, one of my business partners Brent was there and I mean participating he might have been speaking as well and uh, I remember him you know I mean this was all right when you know COVID was starting to become a big thing and and he wasn't sure and he he went and then one thing that I, that I heard from him as well like during this whole experience was was really that you did an amazing job adapting and you know like you said all the this rapidly changing situation and they made the limits of this and that and, and yeah he was really impressed by how well you held it all together in spite of all the craziness that was going on and and so so yeah I think you know our a real a, a testament to your skill and experience in events in general. And obviously this, this wasn't your first event. And so, yeah, like kind of take us back before. And so how did you get into, into entrepreneurship, into FBA, into events? Like where does this journey begin? So entrepreneurship, I don't know if we can call it like that, but I used to be a, oh, I used to be a traveler and digital nomad already 15, 17 years ago. At that time I was a web developer. So for maybe... Yeah, for a long time, I was doing websites for others and for myself. And uh, this is how I kind of had this freedom in my life. And then uh, in 2015, I got to know about this FBA business model on Amazon. I started to follow a lot of uh, material which was online available, started to follow a lot of Facebook groups where uh, Amazon sellers are discussing. And uh, my problem was like, 
I really wanted to start this business, but I didn't have money. I could invest at that time maybe $500. And uh, after like one or two months research, I realized uh, I cannot start anything because there is no product and anything I can do with this money. At the end, uh, I was just really excited about this topic and kind of sad I cannot do anything due to finances. I was still following all the Facebook groups. I saw very often popping up like questions about European Amazon marketplaces. And until now, I would say, like there are a lot of questions about Amazon Europe. And uh, imagine five years ago, there were a lot of questions unanswered. And during that time, when I was interested in FBA, I also was researching as a web developer. I was researching other ways to make money. And I found this virtual summit business model, which sounded very interesting. And then I decided to run an event for Amazon sellers talking about European marketplaces. And this is how I started while I was still programming uh, websites for this. I was starting to work on uh, implementing Virtual Summit, which I executed or created in 2016 in September. And this is how I kind of popped up in, in this industry and uh, people started to know me. And uh, since the first event, a lot of uh, known influencers and uh, speakers started to contact me that they want to be on my next show. And it's because I think I was the first one to introduce this kind of uh, knowledge or information sharing method or format. And uh, then I started to do virtual summits. I still didn't know, I didn't have any plan after the first one, but I ended up creating six virtual summits in the next two and a half years. But uh, I got kind of bored of this being online and I felt already after first year that I will do a conference, a real in-person event, but it sounded and very scary to me, you know, you, when you have never done and it's such a big responsibility internationally in the country, you don't know maybe and so on. But yeah, I ended up uh, committing myself and taking a risk and uh, going, overcoming my fears and created the first European seller conference in Prague in 2019 in March. And, uh, on that one, I worked like for eight months from the scratch. I didn't know anything how to run an event and organize. I found a freelancer from Czech Republic, which also she has, she's a very smart woman, but she have never did events. So we both were kind of figuring out everything for the next eight, nine months. And uh, that event had huge success. A lot of people were complimenting that they have never seen such a well-organized and detail-oriented event. And afterwards, yeah, new event ideas were popping up and it was becoming easier and easier to organize. And now I would say organizing in-person event is kind of easier and less work than virtual event, <laughs> maybe. But uh, And it's more exciting when you meet those people uh, in person and this energy is stronger than online event because you see people, they talk to you, you talk to them. And this is what I was passionate and excited. And by the time the world locked down, we... Yeah, the, the, the second Prague event was the fifth in-person in conference uh, led by me. And we had big plans for this year, 2020. We thought we will do six or eight events around the world in different many European countries. But at the end, we ended up just with Prague event and we did another virtual summit in September. So that's the whole story. But I have never sold myself on Amazon. And uh, I'm happy to just to be kind of a connector and facilitator. What do you enjoy about the events and what kind of led you to continue doing events, you know, as opposed to getting involved as, as a seller? 
before I got into this FBA topic, I think like one or two years before, I was also tired of this web programming and I was sitting one day a little bit down and didn't know what to do in life. I'm like not excited any about anything. And that day, I remember I came up with a goal for my life to help to serve others. And uh, since then, always, whatever I do, I am thinking how I can serve, how I'm serving with any kind of decision, if I'm serving people and how many people I'm ser serving. So I know the more people I serve, the more prosperous will be my life. That's why virtual summits are great. They reach a lot of people, but life events, you can feel these people, you can meet those people and you see this energy much, much stronger. I would say like energy in the life event, in-person event is 10 times stronger and it's for everyone. It's very strong energy. So if you are, you know, running a business, it's very, I would recommend to go to in-person events because you meet, it's very different when you communicate with someone, let's say a service provider or another potential business partner via email and you have met only via Zoom and it's very different when you shake a hand and uh, eat lunch together or dinner. Those who haven't experienced that I would suggest to go to at least a small meetup. You don't need to pay a lot of money for the conference. Just go to a local meetup. There is a meetup.com website where you can find uh, meetings of your industry, no matter what business you do, people in, in some nearby bigger city. And this is what drives me, this seeing people meeting each other. And uh, then they come to another event and they say they are still doing weekly masterminds after my first event and so on, so on. So this motivates me when I see these people connecting. Amazing. And I mean, I love what you said about coming from a place of, you know, how can you serve? How can you add value? And, um, you know, how can you add value and serve in the biggest, broadest, you know, most impactful way? It's, it's something that, you know, how, how I also try to live my life and career of, you know, starting from that standpoint. And I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently, this whole idea of like the value that we receive is going to be proportionate to how much value we create for others. And I'm just kind of looking at some of the, you know, I'm involved in a number of different things and just kind of looking at them and thinking of like, you know, how much value potential is there? Like how much value am I creating? How much value can I be creating? And, you know, kind of taking a hard look and seeing what I'm involved with and, and really trying to gravitate more towards the more value. I mean, I think that's a really important question to lead with. And yeah, and also about events. I mean, I've, I'm a huge event community person. I mean, I've attended a ton of events. I've gotten so much value from, like you said, it's like, it's such a different relationship when you meet someone in person, whether it's a vendor that you end up hiring or working with, or, you know, someone that you could do, you know, a business partner or, or just, you know, friends that are on the same journey. So impactful. I love events. I love people. And, you know, one of the reasons why I was so excited to have the chance to talk to you because I know you've done so well and really established yourself as like uh, such a organizer connector uh, in the FBA space. Uh, so you started with the online events. What were some of the challenges or surprises, good and bad, when you when you first started doing the the online events? Of course, the when you are starting, the challenge is to connect to other influencers, which uh, are well known in the industry, and you want to have them on your virtual event website. So I remember when I did the first, very first event, I sent maybe 120 emails with invitations and I got just uh, 20 percent yeses. So I got just 25 speakers. But with the second event, it was the 
conversion rate was like 80%. Like everybody wanted to be on my show. I just reached out to a couple of new people I didn't know and maybe they refused because they don't know what, what they, they didn't know what they are refusing or they haven't heard about my previous event. But um, later on, the challenge was... Uh, for the virtual events, the challenge is that um, it takes a lot of intensive work, like two months or three months intensive work, because there are a lot of moving parts. So especially at the first events, I was doing practically everything alone, just hiring some designer. And uh, that's it, because I am used to be a web developer. So I was working all on my website, and I just needed to design elements to outsource, but the rest, video editing, I was doing all myself, all the interviews. So it's a lot of work. Like if you have 30 speakers, it's at least 60 hours of communicating with them and recording videos and then editing another 60 hours. <laughs> so plus website, plus uh, marketing. So actually it's the same issue with, or like challenge with uh, in-person conferences. There are a lot of moving parts. Uh, when I started to create the first conference in-person one, I was saying, there are like 200 elements and you have to connect and not to forget any of them. So if you forget one of the elements, then th there might, the pyramid, you know, the, this house of the cards might collapse in the in-person event because uh, if you don't have microphone, then a lot of things will go wrong. And um, this is very overwhelming, still overwhelming. And uh, in 2020, I had dreamed to make six or eight events. And I was a little bit worried that I will not see my family very much. I will not sleep and I will travel too much because we wanted to do events in different countries. So when the first kind of lockdown came, I was a little bit happy that I could just relax and not to have any stress just to, uh, because besides the events, we are running uh, Orange Click YouTube channel where we now post two videos a week. So I could just focus on uh, interviewing people, the creating videos. So this is the biggest challenge, this overwhelming amount of details. So if you have a team which works well with you and they understand what you are doing and how you are doing, then it's, uh, it's perfect. Everything else is so re rewarding. Like when the event is finished, you don't want any events anymore. But after one week, you rested and you are ready for the new events. Yeah. So from your experience, like what were some of the surprises that were more challenging that you you mentioned about the, the just like the, the time commitment, but in terms of the overall like execution, what aspects of pulling it all off are the hardest? Now, I remember that I realized uh, by doing several uh, events online and offline is that um, you need to communicate a lot with different kind of people. So basically, you have a lot of speakers and all these speakers, it feels like it's a kindergarten, you know, it's a, uh, you have to take care of like 30 children. Some of them are really good in communication and they do what they say, but most of them, majority, I would say more than 60%, the ones which we have to follow up, they don't respond. So it takes so much energy. And the last virtual summit, we had record time, the record amount of speakers. We had almost 50 people to involve in our event. And uh, it was so difficult to manage all of them to keep on the all the details who sent the bio who sent the picture who already you know whom we followed up after the interview and uh, this is the most another big big challenge is to keep communicating with all these people so at some point i was thinking i want a, like a dedicated person who could 
do that for me, but I'm so detail-oriented, so it's also very hard to find a person who's as detail-oriented as me. So I'm still overwhelmed of this. And um, yeah, this communication takes a lot of energy because you have to deal with a lot of type of people. I traveled a lot and I met uh, thousands of people in my life, different kind of poor and rich and billionaires and uh, <laughs> homeless, but uh, and it takes a lot of a lot of effort and energy too. I always kind of think of energy. So when you do anything, yeah, you, you kind of use up energy and you have to get it back. So in the events you get back, in the in-person events, you had huge amount of energy back when you are on the place in the venue. So Sure. Well, that's something else that I really have thought about a lot for myself personally and in a good compass to know if I'm doing the right thing or if, you know, how much energy it, it gives me and in, in trying to do more of the activities or projects that are energizing as opposed to energy depleting. And uh, yeah, it's awesome that you've, you've really found something for, for you and, you know, kind of have this, uh, you know, niche around events that I think goes well from a business standpoint and, and you know, importantly that, that you enjoy. So as you've gotten into the events, like, is it hard to get attendance or once you've kind of got started, now you have a brand and are established. And so, yeah, I guess like in terms of the tactical things that are needed in the event, guests, sponsors, like, I don't know, does, I guess, does it get easier the more that you, that, that you do it? Uh, yeah, marketing is, uh, let's say, my uh, also big challenging thing uh, yeah, to how to market. Well, I do similar marketing <laughs> strategies all the time, but uh, it's also a lot. It takes a lot of energy from us because, um, yeah, w when it's an in-person event, it costs much more, you know, people have to invest and you have to convince them. And the challenge I bring to myself is that my events are international. So I am trying to attract different European uh, countries to come to a one location. And th that means I have to kind of connect and run ads uh, or talk to influencers in different countries. So, of course, now people know the Sorage Click events. And if they have been in one of the events, they want to come to another one. So we have this word of mouth, which I wanted to kind of see if it really works. But I couldn't due to COVID because during the first Prague event in 2019, there were 180 people and a lot of people were happy and they said they will come and bring their friends. And I wanted to see how much did we grow in one year, but we couldn't evaluate just because other circumstances forbid people to travel. And uh, yeah, marketing is still is still challenging. And every time I think of this, it's kind of tiring and uh, you have to then I feel I'm repeating myself. I go to speakers again every year. And can we do some kind of video promotion to your audience? And always the same. So the more events you do, the more of this kind of asking people for a favor to promote in their audience. That's why I try also sometimes to rotate the speakers so that they are, we have new names. But in our space, not everyone, there are a lot of good experts, but not everyone have uh, bigger audiences where they could promote the event. So at the end, yeah, I'm just believing in this compound effect where we talk, there's a word of mouth from previous events, then uh, we do some advertising, then we talk here and there. We have our own audience, uh, YouTube channel. So I just hope in this like. And uh, also, you know, whenever we have a dates, we try to communicate as early as possible that people know that it's happening, that they can prepare. And because we do events in different countries, still... 
of course, very often we expect from the country where we do event to get as much as possible people. It doesn't work in Prague. In Prague conference, we are not getting many Czech people because there is very small community and we don't have any access to them. But, uh, well, we have a little bit, but usually we have just maybe less than 10 people participating from Czech Republic. So I'm very happy that Prague event is not dominated by any nationality. But one, for example, we did event in Israel or my home country, Lithuania. We had a lot of like local Amazon sellers. And then another event, we did was PPC Congress in Amsterdam. It was again very international. It was dedicated to specific niche, the advertising. Uh, so what, uh, I mean, I know 2020 has been a crazy year. You were planning on having all these in-person events ended up being all virtual. What does uh, the future hold for, for you and Orange Click? Like, how do you see your business evolving, you know, in 2021 and, and beyond? Yeah, usually I take little steps. I kind of listen to my feeling and then I, it was also before when I was planning events. It's just, I was taking uh, the opportunity when I saw it. But one year ago, when we were preparing for our first event in 2020, I said to my team, maybe we should make a, calendar for this year so that we can communicate in our first event this year to everyone and then people know and what to expect and where they can plan their time. And we really made a big plan, as I said, six or eight events for the whole year. We know we knew which months, which country. I was so proud of this uh, plan. And uh, now again, this year, 2020 messed up everything. And now I'm not planning anything. I'm just because with events about two months ago, like autumn, we had fixed the date for 2021 March Prague event. It's supposed to be in the mid of March. But uh, to be honest, I still didn't sign the contract with the venue just because the time I had to sign the countries were going back to another lockdown. So we are still not sure if it's happening in March. And uh, if it's not, then we will postpone it to later whenever it's possible. But I'm trying to take it easy. And uh, if we see a possibility to make another virtual summit, we will do that to kind of serve community. On the other hand, there are a lot of virtual summits popped up in our industry and other industries. And uh, it's kind of, I don't feel like I'm adding too much extra value with uh, our virtual summit. So I'm not so excited about virtual summits anymore. I think we will keep an opportunity and maybe when uh, things will uh, be getting different already after all this situation, we will make a risk and maybe we'll announce some international event like two months in advance and we'll try to get at least 100 people for our event to enjoy and reconnect all European sellers. I know that some other event organizers in Europe are planning events in June and uh, I think also other events in summer. So hopefully it will work. But with, we saw what happened. You cannot, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So what event of yours has been your favorite of the ones that you've organized? So the most important is European Seller Conference in Prague because one would love it to be like there are in United States there are huge events like SellerCon or Prosper Show. I would like this to be also a huge event for European sellers. We're not getting this volume which uh, North American organizers are getting uh, just because uh, European people they have a little bit like mental barrier to cross the you have to cross the country. Sometimes the currency is different, the language is different, so it's much more difficult for them to travel. 
travel. Plus, not everybody in Europe speaks English. So a lot of Amazon sellers, let's say in Ukraine, they speak just Russian and they have their own events in their own language. I hope that uh, we will be able to grow European Seller Conference. And it's really the the main event which we like to focus the most. But um, PPC Congress also was kind of, we got, got a lot of good feedback, especially from Amazon advertising specialists. You know, when we created an event where they can meet other friends, which they know only virtually, it was very also powerful energy. And we would love to repeat it again. But um, yeah, other events which we did were called Seller Fest, Seller Fest Israel, Seller Fest Lithuania. And the idea of these events were to bring something international experts and the like kind of spirit of events to different local communities and we wanted to do it in Romania and Poland and Spain but um, still Prague event is like the central and the most important we will put the biggest effort in that if we need to choose Cool. Yeah. And I think it's such an interesting position to be in as the organizer, you know, whether you're, it's a virtual summit and you're interviewing the speakers or, you know, you're obviously attending the events and getting all the, you know, knowledge and information from all the presenters. And so what do you think are some of the opportunities these days in, in Amazon? I mean, from your perspective of just being so well connected, like what do you think some of the opportunities are for, for uh, the sellers out there? I can imagine that 2020 was a lot of people either got, you know, good business or they had to close down. And I'm sorry for those who didn't manage to survive. And, uh, you know, if you were selling travel equipment, it could have been a very difficult situation. But I think uh, there are still probably uh, niches and categories where you can go as a seller and find it. And um, but yeah, for me, it's I have never sold myself on Amazon. So I just see what other experts are talking about it. And uh, I still see a lot of opportunity with the Amazon FBA business. And uh, I do know uh, quite a few, you know, sellers which are successful and which are launching new products during these uh, hard times. Usually, yeah, I keep away from advising anything to <laughs> Amazon sellers. I just love them to come to our events or whatever we organize and watch our videos where we talk to Amazon experts and learn from them and uh, try not to take responsibility, uh, showing them the path. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you could add value by facilitating information, you know, for for sellers that that doesn't necessarily have to be you, but but I would imagine, I mean, it's a cool spot to be in just as uh, you know, as the connector with the attendees and the speakers and the sponsors and, you know, really being able to see the whole ecosystem. And, and you know, one thing, since you've been running your events, like, how have you noticed the, the ecosystem change since your first virtual summit? And, and again, kind of having that vantage point of interacting with sellers, speakers, as well as sponsors? Like, what have you noticed? Of course, I'm European. I come from originally from Lithuania. So I still feel a lot about kind of sympathy for European, what's happening for European marketplaces and what's happening in Europe. And I still noticed that when I started with this uh, virtual summit idea, it was, I saw that there is a lack of information about Europe. And still, I see there is still not... People are not informed about Europe. So if you are willing to grow your business, consider 
Europe, uh, because there is still a lot of opportunity, especially in Germany, which a lot of people are afraid to go due to language barrier. And during all these years, it was interesting to notice that dynamic of uh, also of this community of experts and speakers, how, you know, sometimes they are popping up and they are active for two years and then they disappear. And sometimes when I prepare for an event, I go through an old list and I'm thinking, oh, this person was interesting. And I look, there is no website or they disappeared completely, even like they stopped posting on Facebook, anything. So it's interesting to see this dynamic that people change point of interest and uh, people come and go. So you have to live with that. And maybe, you know, we also talk now in this podcast, but maybe after two years, we will be doing something else just because we're entrepreneurs and we are like looking for the best which uh, where we can uh, fulfill ourselves fully. And for Amazon sellers also, in general, like atmosphere among Amazon sellers was the same. They Four years ago, they were asking the same questions like, is it Amazon FBA business still uh, worth to start? And uh, still the same questions. Uh, they say it's saturated everything four years ago and now. So I think from seller perspective, it's, it's the same. So if you are a content creator or expert, you can talk the same things every every year and it will be still useful for because there are a lot of new people who want to try and of course a lot of people fail and they stop businesses so also in my in, you know in my audience i had people where they were writing amazon sellers were writing how they they're happy to sell and they're excited so some are beginners and then they disappear some are like really they have businesses and they unfortunately disappear but um, yeah it's the dynamic of any kind of business or any kind of of life periods so. right it has ups and downs and, 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 and challenges uh, sure so so yeah I think maybe uh, one of the last things to, to wrap up I mean it's been really cool just learning about your your journey and and you know with the event space and yeah just like any I mean you were kind of touching on it before but I've just any advice to sellers out there maybe not tactical but big picture anything from your experience and interaction with all of your your access in the space like what what advice would you give to sellers that are looking for a success in the coming year basically two things i would repeat that uh, attend uh, in-person meetings so uh, even like you know if you don't have a budget for big events to travel or to buy tickets then go to local meetups if you don't if you live where there is nothing like there is nothing no meetups on meetup.com try to uh, find a facebook group uh, where people in your area are meeting maybe it's you know someone from romania so find a facebook group with romanian amazon sellers if you're from us maybe there is a facebook group for let's say in your state if not then still post uh, in the bigger facebook groups post uh, your wish to network and mastermind in person with other people and try to organize yourself this kind of small meetings and it's very very powerful i saw it myself and i saw a lot of people benefiting from meeting others uh, in real life and uh, second tip is just look at the european uh, marketplaces if you haven't done so i think still there is a lot of potential i know that european market is much smaller or amazon marketplace is much smaller than us and i remember some big amazon us sellers they say why should i go to europe if it adds up only like 10 percent of my profit it doesn't really exponentially or grow significantly this of course it makes uh, sense what they say, but still, I think it's worth to look and there is a lot of potential in Europe. 
Sure. Well, awesome, man. Uh, thanks for, for coming on and sharing your, your journey. And uh, yeah, you know, on behalf of, of me and I know uh, all the sellers out there or sellers, speakers, sponsors that are involved with, uh, you know, something that you're organizing. I mean, it's an amazing service that you provide for the community and connecting people and, and totally agree about um, the value of just meeting in person. And, and we'll, we'll echo that uh, recommendation to just go out and, you know, meet people in real life when possible. And and so, so yeah, uh, with that, like, where can people find out uh, more about you, connect, get more information about anything you're doing now, as well as uh, upcoming events? I would say just search internet Augustus Orange Click. Uh, you can, you will probably misspell the click and misspell my name, but you will see me on the, on the search results. There you will find a lot of interviews. Yeah, we do on YouTube two videos per week with different Amazon uh, experts. And also I would uh, like to invite to visit amzsummits.com. It's a website I started about three years ago where uh, manually we collect uh, information about events across mostly in North America and Europe, and sometimes we get information about Asian events. So, of course, 2020 events were mostly virtual, so it's that website was not so interesting even for me. But whenever real events, in-person events resume, I encourage you to check this website because here you can find the events in your area or the pay places you want to travel to. All right. Well, awesome. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing and can only hope that we can connect in person at an event sometime in the, in the upcoming year. Yeah, I guess until then, make do. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So, catch you next time. <laughs>